0: Hello, Sobertown!
1: Let's jump on that train and ride, right into the wonderful, amazing world of sobriety. I'm with your, our guest host, Sarah Malloy.
0: And I'm here with Elaine Schuyler-Neal. And you are hanging with the sober baddies. Woohoo! Today, we're going to talk about Jomo, the Jomo. joy of missing out and we can't talk about jomo without talking about fomo so let's just dive right in elaine in. what take us take us into what you your perspective on what is fomo
1: well you know I'm super excited to talk about both of these because I had never even heard of JOMO until 24 hours ago. So this is pretty exciting, but I do know a lot about FOMO because I have I have long been dealing with FOMO, which if you've never heard this term, the fear of missing out. Um, you know, I was just reading about how it's kind of a modern day term for keeping up with the Joneses, where, yep. you yep. know. We feel this sometimes intense pressure to maintain or exceed the social or financial accomplishments of people around us. Mm -hmm. But now, like with the popularity of social media, instead of having like, you know, our literal Joneses right next door that we have to deal with, now we have like thousands of people from all over the world. And this whole fear of missing out, this whole pressure, um, you know, comes, comes from like decades ago. And I'm sure centuries ago, maybe even who knows if we could go back into old texts and comb for FOMO. But, you know, I mean, even like, if you look back to the fifties, you know, before social media with publications like house beautiful, where you'd see this perfectly dressed couple in their Mm -hmm. immaculate house and the wife would be like pushing a vacuum. And then the husband would be sitting on the couch with like a martini. It's like, you know, that was like the idea of like the American dream or maybe not the martini, but you know, the beautiful house, the beautiful lawn, like yeah. all the things. And now that's just kind of evolved into you know, this whole social media space where now we've got multiple things that totally. we, have to, we have to have FOMO over this envy and like this, this, um, you know, kind of dissatisfaction that our lives aren't equal to those around us. That's kind of how
0: For i sure. And like, back to what you said about keeping up with the Joneses, that term, you know, it definitely draws in the in your mind's eye like you're going out to start your car or you're watering your lawn and you see your neighbors and you see their car and their lawn and their wife and their kids and now it's not just like your neighbor in the in the neighborhood it's in the palm of your hand oh. the entire fucking globe <laughs> is showing you their highlight reel
1: so I it's know. Like
0: FOMO is a, on steroids of it's like Keeping never ending FOMO. It's like, yeah. And
1: you know, that's interesting too. And I know we're going to get to this a little bit, but that's why some of the addiction advocates um, or our recovery advocates advise you not to stare at your phone right out the gate in the morning because we do. We start our days with a bang and we look. Sometimes the first thing we do is we pick up our phone yep. and we get right into that. And so we start our day with this envy and this pressure, yeah, um, which is really crazy
0: that we subject
1: ourselves to this constant, like, and maybe, you know, I'm not saying that everyone listening to this or everyone all the time, when you pick up social media, you know, sometimes you're like, Oh, look at this person's new baby or whatever. But a lot of times, yeah. it's like, Oh, I want to be there. And Oh, look at that amazing thing you know that person's doing
0: and I just wrote it down I like I I'm making notes on cardboard with a sharpie because that's just where creativity (laughs) takes me but I wrote it comparison is the thief of joy
1: yes that's a good that's
0: and I feel like that's at the root of this and like I just want to ask like what is FOMO what is it it's fear of missing out and what and you know last time we talked about like thinking about your thinking and taking something and holding it and really giving it a minute to observe what it is before you act on it and fomo like i we're all guilty of it we're all guilty of it and like what is it what
1: Yeah. I, you know, obviously neither of us are psychologists. I'd love to get my psychologist on here to, to wax in on what that all is. But I do think that like this whole, this whole feeling of like, that we're inferior, that it provokes, like perhaps like that, as we look at other things, other things that people have successes and whatnot, and we start to feel inferior. um, You know, I think that it makes us feel psychologically less, you know, it's like, I know for me, I get into negative thought loops where I feel unworthy and not as, um not as a full person. Like I feel like, you know, maybe I'm, I just feel like less of a person sometimes, mm-hmm. not if I don't have the nice car mm-hmm. or whatever, but it just makes me feel smaller sometimes when I see other people living a life that's bigger and grander and more amazing than mine. Yeah. You know?
0: And so it compels you to behave in a way, to consume, mm-hmm. you know, to buy the thing, to, to be at the thing, to be in the picture, the photograph, you know, and I think that's kind of what FOMO is at the root, is it's, it, it compels us to behave, to fill this bottomless void that, you know, of ourselves, of our perception of self, the self, and it's that thing that, you, you can show up and participate and be tagged in the photo or book the trip or buy the shoes, but it never, it's bottomless. It's the more you fill it, the bigger it gets.
1: Yeah. And you know, like marketers know this, right? Because they know that we are, you know, consumerism is driven by fear, you know, and, And so I think like we're constantly, we're constantly surrounded by these fears all the time that are being marketed to us, not just cars, you know, but as we'll get into drinks and, and like a way of life that if we don't, if we don't buy this next thing, if we don't have, if we don't have the biggest big screen TV for our Super Bowl day, for instance, somehow our experience won't be as amazing, but if we buy the TV, it's like, we're almost there. Yeah. I've never been subject yeah. to that. Like I could care less about big TVs, but totally. there are other things like that, that I get totally. into, you know, and I think it's unique to, to our own little, you know, things that we want and, and that we mm-hmm. see as our like pinnacle of ourselves, you know, somewhere there's an advertiser <laughs> that's ready to fill that hole, you know, that yep. hole that we have.
0: Yep. And I don't want to get into this, but I'm going to say it. It's why it's fucking terrifying the way we use these little computers in our pockets and the way that they're tracking an algorithm of what it is that we look for and what we look up so that they can customize what they're going to put in front of us because they know what we want and where our FOMO is. Where our FOMO is. I know. They they totally use it. And and it all it comes back to this comes back to sobriety. This cool. the alcohol. What are they purveyors? <laughs> purveyors. <Hey. laughs> Makers. Yeah, <laughs> they're big on it. You know, there's those beer commercials that go, "This is this is a beach that you're on." Call you them know?
1: swindlers, alcohol swindlers.
0: Yeah, those <laughs> snake oil sales the beach, this experience of being with your significant other on a beach, watching the sunset and being the most interesting person in the room and being exotic and beautiful. Mm. That's all our FOMO. We don't want to not be that.
1: Right. And it's, you know, you and I talk a lot about awareness and like, I think, you know, like being aware of the FOMO is like part of it as well. Like, I don't know. It's sometimes I'll catch myself, like I'm decorating this, decorating loosely with plants. We got this new patio and I'm like, now I'm all obsessed with succulents now, instead of an alcohol addiction, I've got like a succulent. But it is funny though, how like, sometimes like you'll think like, oh, if I just not, if I get this next, plan I'll be the, the, yep. the pinnacle of myself but it is interesting how we we feel like we need to fill some sort of void all the time with stuff or an idea or you know like work I do wonder like um for me like spirituality might be at the root of my fears these are all things that we all individually have to navigate what is at the root of our fear of missing yes, you know but like but I don't know it's it's interesting the why of it is going to be different, but it's more important to just recognize what it is that it's there. You know, um, we'll probably never dig down to the root of everyone's personal FOMO, but it's
0: certainly, I, well, I want to say when you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, okay. It's like food, water, shelter. Okay. And then on, on, on. and then at the top, there's like that it are near the top. I don't have the thing in front of me, but it's like, you know, emotional stability and belonging in, mm-hmm. in a community and feeling a part of something is, is up there. And I think that that, that community, that validation as a member of something that you're creating together yeah, you're is, like, I a think, belonging. at the heart of FOMO. Yeah. right. Because let's just take, for example, the succulents. It's like, what do you do? You go online, you'll learn about succulents. Then, you know, you maybe hop onto like a succulent community uh, on Instagram. like, there's a succulent community? Yes. Girl, where (laughs) I used to live in California, I was in the succulent society. There's, if they meet, it's a club, it's a thing. And so there's like new succulents and, you know, limited edition succulents and the very coveted, oh, this higher up, you know. And you wanna be a part of that. And for me, it's shoes. (laughs) And I, I participate (laughs) in oogling at these cult favorite shoes Mm -hmm. and I find them, I find them on these like used or consignment websites. And I want to be the girl with the fill in the blank cult favorite. I look up pictures of it. It's, it's. It's, it's kind of formal, but it's up. also kind of satisfying. Yeah, yeah
1: it's, it's, it's like this need we feel that we need to fill, you know? It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know. It's like nothing about the succulents. It's more about like that if I surround myself with nature like I'm not living in this like sort of bland, um, boring apartment. I mean, it's not boring, but Mm -hmm. it's an apartment that Mm -hmm. I've added my personality stamp to it, you know, somehow Mm -hmm. and that I've brought that in. I don't know, there's all these different things, but yeah, I mean, when you see others around you, whether it's in your palm or right next door that have what you deem to be like what you want, you know, it's it's Mm -hmm. tricky to navigate. And, you know, know, it all spills into the drinking space as well, because, you know, these, these emotions that we have, when we have fears of missing out, they're unpleasant, but when it comes to drinking, they can be a matter of life and death. So like when FOMO spills into drinking and now all of a sudden we're, we're thinking about fear of missing out, but it's applied to alcohol. Now you're in danger of relapse. So I think totally. Totally. That's where, you know, this FOMO becomes, you know, as you bring it into the alcohol space, if we're, yes. if we're in these spaces where we see people enjoying themselves, like at a wedding or a party or wherever, and mm-hmm. you want to be enjoying that, mm-hmm. that, that situation with them, you know, it's important to recognize that you're not missing out, you know, because yeah. otherwise, if you get sucked into that, you know, it's a, it's a little bit different if you're buying a yeah phone, maybe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so that's I I want to jump in here and draw a quick line with um succulents and shoes. <laughs> okay, because it, it is a FOMO. We are consuming, it's not really all that healthy, but, but, but as long as you sit on that damn patio and you go, I love it here. Mm-hmm. I love these little cacti. What a peaceful <laughs> space. And you are present and you enjoy them. Or, you know, when I lace up those shoes or slip on those boots and i go oh i feel awesome i'm walking on top of the world right now i'm not looking around waiting for other people to go omg girl are those the that 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 i'm not i'm i'm walking in them and i'm wearing them and i'm loving the way it feels okay
1: manolos oh my god um
0: as long as you are enjoying them instead of going i got them sweet what's next You know, if you're what I tell my daughter is a want monster, where whenever you want, 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 and when you get it, all you want is more. That's, that's where alcohol comes in. At least for me, it makes me a want monster, which is why if, if too much is never enough, then none is the perfect amount. So there's the line is if you're enjoying the cactus and you're enjoying the shoes and they bring you joy. Okay. But the, the alcohol thing is you get, you get to a slippery slope. One's too many and a hundred ain't enough.
1: I know. I never heard of the want, want monster before, but I'm definitely one too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I know it. And that's the thing is like, I I won't be able to stop. And um, even my friend who I just went on a big hike with, she hadn't drank for three months. And then she decided to have a drink. Hers is more for, she's a normie. She can, she can hang, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but she, she doesn't think about it to the degree that we think about it or thought, but but when she did have her drinks, she had five Manhattans and she was like, you know, she was like, I kind of forget that in the moment I can't really stop. And so I think that even if you are a normie and you can go three months without a drink and then go in and have, you know, still certain normies still struggle.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'd struggle with that word with that normie thing cuz mm-hmm. it's 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 a drug that's addictive and dangerous. So it's like are there any normies with heroin or meth?
1: <laughs> I know, it's true. You know,
0: like or cocaine, you know, like uh maybe we should have that conference. We should put a pin in that and make that <laughs> another episode cuz uh ah. um true. fomo, alcohol, marketing they're like they they get you to think and i feel it with the wine and craft beer too because it feels like it's limited edition it's this next level flavor experience mouthfeel you know all that that you you don't want to miss out on that experience. it's a vacation in your mouth
1: <laughs> it's a once in yeah and wine culture definitely has that right because there's collectors and as you're in the wine shops, they talk about the collectability of certain wines. I mean, you know, you lived in wine country, you know, all yep. this, but there, there's like, there's a feeling that you're owning something, you know, yes. that's worthy, you know? Yes. And that, well like,
0: said. That's like it, like it right stock, there. you know? <laughs> yeah. You have your flag in the ground of that <laughs> worthy thing. And it's braggable. It's mm-hmm. name droppable. Yep.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, these fear-based decisions that we're talking about. I mean, it's just, it is just that. Like, if you can recognize that you're that sometimes these these choices that you're weighing, like, are just because you're worried that you're not going to have the best night as everybody else if you're not sucking down the whiskey. I mean, the further you get away from from doing that, the more you know that's just not true.
0: For sure, and um, I have someone I really look up to, who. Uh, he, well, I'll be, he was my marriage therapist and now, well, he works his day job as a addiction counselor. And one of the things he taught me was he said, um, you know, when I have a weird feeling, whether it's, you know, something like this fear of missing out or feeling angry or reactive about something, you know what I do? I invite it in <gasps> and I have it take a seat. <laughs> and I observe it. I sit with it is what his words are. I sit with it. And I'm like, that's so brave. You know, when you have a shitty feeling, what he goes, what we, what we tend to do is we go "Ah," like a hot potato. We go "Ah," and we (laughs) toss it back out to somebody else. And whether that's a snide comment or a snarky text back or, you know, something, what we're doing is we're taking this ugly feeling we've just been handed and we're tossing it back like a hot potato he goes I he points at the door he goes I invite it in and I sit with it wow and and that's the thing with FOMO is it's like all right I got the alert that the cult favorite shoes are available and they're this price oh my god what if someone snaps them up and I don't ever get to get them at that price and I don't get to own them and I don't have them and it's like stop stop Mm -hmm. sit with that what is that
1: yeah because those shoes are I mean, what, what are they really gonna, or anything like, I mean, I'm just going to bring it back to alcohol. Like that, I think there yep. have been, there have been times when I've been on flights that I've thought like, oh, you know, even when I was still drinking and I wanted to cut back, I would be like, but I don't know, like, what if the plane goes down and I'm not drunk? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what if there's some turbulence and I, you know, what if this is my last chance to drink on earth? I think I literally thought that once when I was, what if if the plane goes down, this is my last chance to drink. Yes, or
0: every time. $7
1: shots of vodka.
0: Oh, the little tiny bottles. And if that's, that's the thing that's right there with that thing. Like every time you've tried to quit drinking for the last 10 years, where you go, I'm quitting drinking on Monday or I'm quitting drinking on the first. And what do you do that night before? You go out with a bang. That's what you fucking do. Like the last supper. (laughs) You go out with a bang because you're about to start missing out. (laughs) And so you want to have something real big.
1: That's so true. I never thought about that before, but I did kind of feel like I was having a last supper moment many times when I try to stop drinking because also I wanted to feel so shitty the next day that it would kind of do the job (laughs) for me, you know? It's yeah. like self-inflicted wound. It
0: is, it is. And you know, that's great, but that, this is me getting preachy. That's not the way to maintain your sobriety. Oh, I know. It's the whole, yeah. I'm so glad I don't have a hangover. It's like, eh, you need to focus on all the things you do have because that feeling, that fucking shitty hangover, that's going to fade in the rear view mirror and you're going to go, drinking's not that bad. I don't want to miss out on this party pass the beer bong yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> pass the beer bong sounds like a good segue into to jomo <laughs>
0: yeah so I can I share so we had a listener right in nice so we here at the okay. sober baddies podcast we have listeners <laughs> <laughs> their names are yeah yeah so to all five of you yeah there's like some long-haul truckers like fuck it i run out of every i found the end of the internet how about this um no we actually have a, a listener and i'm gonna i'm gonna read what this listener wrote in because it it uh prompted us it inspired us to do this episode about fomo so i'm gonna read it she writes Okay. Confession. I anticipate your next podcast episode. I'm listening to it now. I hear Elaine say fear of missing out. FOMO. Well, today I was brushing up on my teenage slangs and there is FOMO. And then there is JOMO, the joy of missing out. And that is what sobriety is to me. I feel so much joy when I left trivia night and I could drive home safe. I felt so much fucking joy when my tab was $20 and not $70. And guess what? Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. I saved all those calories from not drinking beer in the final half of trivia night. And I ordered a side of fries. Boom. Boom. (laughs) I find so much joy in sobriety that I never fear that I'm missing out.
1: And that's awesome.
0: That is awesome. And I was like, I can't wait to talk about Jomo because, you know, that is what sobriety is to me.
1: And she kind of really embodied embodied Jomo in a lot of ways. Like it's kind of yeah. things that you don't really. That whole tab thing is is for is is for real. Like anytime I go to a restaurant now and I get the check, I'm like so excited to pay the thirty yeah. bucks or whatever. you could afford this for days <laughs> yeah. instead of my like eighty dollar yep. boozy lunches or whatever I was doing.
0: Oh my god! And you're like, I'm so swanky, and you're like, you're an idiot. <laughs> You know what Susie Orman would say to you, dumbass? You've nothing to show for it. No, it's true. It's the
1: it's it's the cheap tabs. It's the it's you know what? One of in fact, there's I know a listener who's gonna listen to this and she's gonna know exactly what I was talking another about. Another one, another one. <laughs> she was talking in one of our sober breakout groups that we have about yeah. how she had an amazing moment once where one of her students called her she's a teacher and like cool. late at night and she was able to answer the phone and talk to that person they were going through a personal crisis and oh. she was saying that was so poignant to her because if she had still been drinking she probably wouldn't have been able to pick up the phone or wouldn't have picked up the phone maybe not able but she probably would have chosen not to yeah. pick up the phone yeah. and instead she was there she was present and that made her feel really amazing you yeah. know who you are yeah. listener. you
0: know who you are yeah shout out <laughs> shout out to both of you <laughs> but
1: uh, it's true though because it's like being able to be present being able to just like be
0: the the reliable
1: one <laughs>
0: for a chance yes. you know yeah and like that's what Jomo is is when you find the gifts that lie you know deeper than getting that instagram post and being tagged in the photo and being you know it's like there's there's something more than that that's so much more fulfilling
1: yeah. in our
0: lives um can I share something that I that I thought about about FOMO real quick
1: yeah do have it. have you ever
0: heard the story of the red shoes it's a ballet
1: no do okay, it. I, I'm gonna do it
0: super quick because when I when I sat down this morning on the back of this cardboard box with my sharpie and I was like what do I, what I, do I know? Love, about are you like mobile?
1: turning cereal boxes inside out? Is that what you're
0: doing? Dude, it's, it's a Shutterfly box.
1: Oh.
0: Okay, the red shoes. It's a ballet, and essentially, it's this: a girl, um, it, she sees a pair of beautiful red dancing shoes in a store window, but she's poor and she can't buy them. Well, she makes a wish or a deal with a witch or the devil or something, and she gets the red shoes. She puts them on and she dances. The shoes dance and she begins to dance unlike she's ever been able to dance before. (laughs) And she dances and dances and dances and dances into the party and dances down the street. But then she realizes she cannot stop dancing. The shoes cannot stop she cannot take them off and the shoes and she dances and dances and she's she's exhausted and she's imprisoned
1: oh. and she
0: can't and so then she has to I I, I don't I don't know uh, give up something. Like sauce yeah. something yeah 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 to to get the shoes it's off, and it's dark real quick. <laughs> uh huh. Like so, I'll cut her feet off exactly. That's why they're red, because the last—that's how the last person got them off, exactly. And it's that you know, that beautiful dark tale of the thing you want that you think you want that you think will make your life complete, and then. And that's what FOMO is. Is you go, well, I have to go to that party because so and so is gonna be there, and they're doing costumes, and it's gonna go down in history on fucking Instagram. And I gotta go to that. And you go, and then, then then the next weekend it's the other thing that you gotta go to. You gotta go to. You gotta, and it's the red shoes. Yeah. Where you're going to shit, you can't stop. You don't even know yourself anymore.
1: That's alcohol. The red shoes. And it that's really
0: alcohol. Is.
1: Because you know it all seems beautiful at first, and that it's going to transform you into something amazing, and give you all this confidence and and wisdom and um, yeah, status. exotic,
0: beautiful, adventurous status. And oh. then,
1: and then, like t- twenty years later, you can't go through a day without without looking at it or thinking about yeah. it or revolving. You're handcuffed to it. I know you're inside
0: of it. It's and true. And that's 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 FOMO. That's alcohol. And so I just, I wrote that down on my list of what is FOMO. And I wanted to um, make sure I got that in there because it's poignant to me about FOMO and drinking before we jump to JOMO.
1: Well, and you know, too, like everybody's, I think it's really important to think about what our own personal JOMOs are, because some of them you don't even realize right away in early sobriety. Like, I feel like the first three months, there are some pretty solid feelings of missing out. Like there just are because your life is in transition. Yeah.
0: You might yeah. not Sobriety be able. Sobriety to- feels like social suicide at first.
1: Yeah, at first. And then like, as you start to like, like switch your rituals and shift your perspectives, you really do realize how much better. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, of course, but um, you know, I really realized how much my life has changed for the better. And as I was referencing, I just did this big hike with my friend and- yeah. I've
0: done a big hike by a big hike. Ladies and gentlemen, three (laughs) listeners, she summited a 14er.
1: Well, I did that one, and then I did that one, and then, and then I did Mount Washington, which is the tallest in New England. But still, boom, boom. But no, more of the point. Like there are tons of people running up these things daily that are way better shaped than me. But it's a personal victory. It's a personal yeah. Jomo because I really wanted to do these things, and and for years, even since I've lived in Colorado, five years. I've wanted to do a 14er and every year I could never really get in shape for it. I could never really, because I couldn't devote the time. I was doing these hikes hung over and just feeling like there's no way I would have never done that. I would have never set aside the time if I would have still been drinking. And it's emotional, even, even thinking about even flying there to new England to do the hike. Like I'm almost tearing up on the hike because I'm just thinking about how, where I would be if I hadn't I hadn't made this choice you know and it's a
0: series of goals right which is a series of small choices Mm -hmm. that leads up to this huge literal summit Mm -hmm. it's not this one thing you decided to do it's a thousand things that you did in the nine months before you got to that summit
1: yeah. And, you know, it's, it's easy to kind of compare sobriety and mountain climbing because it does Hell yeah. a scent of personal growth in a way, which I just love kind yes. of, I'm a big old hippie dweeb, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> but you know, for me, it's like, I, I didn't even realize that that would be so powerful to me. So sometimes you've got to allow yourself some distance you know, especially for those who are early in recovery, like super early, you know, you've got to yeah. allow yourself some distance before you can feel the joy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And we just, we train for a marathon. We don't jump up and run the whole marathon on the first day. We run a mile. That's true. Then we run too. Um, about your summit and you know, those goals and the things that what you said was like a personal joy for you. That brings me back to that inward satisfaction that we get. And um, Laura McCowan in the book called oh, uh, like we, we Are, Are the Luck- Luckiest.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And when I she finally.
1: Heard, it, I've heard it's good.
0: OMG. Get ready to take your heart and put it in like a meat grinder. Oh, okay. And then microwave <laughs> it and then like leave it outside for a month, then bring it back in. That's, it was just gorgeously painful.
1: Wow! But
0: one of the things she says when, when it feels like she's at the part where she's summited her sobriety and she's really wrapped her, wrapped her brain and her body around it is she says, you know, those little boring things, about your life, you know, of taking out the trash and paying your bills and showing up on time to things and getting your kid to school and packing lunches. She goes, that was the shit that I thought was banal and I drank to escape that boring life because I wanted this fun, exciting life. She goes, but now I realize that that is my life. That taking joy in those little things is, is really the meat and potatoes of living a life that's worth living.
1: Wow. That's good. That makes that's, me really want to read that. <laughs> oh, girl.
0: it's, it's amazing. It's am- for the whole I,
1: part in the meat grinder part, but yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I, I think I've said it before. I listened to all my books and I uh, listened to him. I spend a lot of time in the grocery store and I listen to him in the grocery store and I felt like my eyes were barfing out tears. Oh. I couldn't, I wasn't really crying. It's just these tears kept coming out of my eyes and i couldn't stop and i couldn't i can't listen to that in public because i cry yeah it it just um so there's that like inward satisfaction and this is what i wrote about jomo is and sobriety is sobriety ultimately leads you to self-care yeah okay whole subject right there Mm-hmm. Put a pin in that. This is like a bullet point, okay? It also, self-care leads you to boundaries. Right. And, and that that's JOMO right there is when you are so in touch with self-care and boundaries and you have the ability to invite these feelings in, have them take a seat, and then you take stock of them and you take, you sort out the pros and cons mm-hmm. and you're thinking about your thinking and you go, Yeah, I did get invited to that barbecue and everyone is going to be there, but I would be so much better off if I just do this oatmeal face mask and clean out my Tupperware clutter.
1: Sometimes you gotta declutter. It's true, but yeah, you know, make mentally- kind of a good point though of self care because I feel like in the first three months I knew like I was following like this whole Holly Whitaker Tempest program and they were focusing on s- extreme self care like not holding on to your phone in the morning, um, making time to meditate, doing a little ritual for yourself whether it's making your little tea or a lemon water. They pushed the lemon water and the Tempest program because of the the, um, detoxifying alkaline.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, but it's just more, I almost forget now at 10 months, all the little self-care things that I did to just keep me away from drinking like day, like day in moment to moment, focusing on self-care, but yeah, like there's so much of that, that we neglect when we're drinking because we just put ourselves last and the alcohol comes first.
0: Absolutely. I, when I was in, when I was like young and dumb and like in my twenties, just running around in fucking diapers <laughs> all over the city, going to parties and stuff in your amazing shoes, no less. Yeah, no, I couldn't afford amazing shoes then because I had fucking $80 bar tabs. <laughs> okay. So there's that. Um, I remember at one point I would like, I would like, uh, party at my friend's house and then get up super early in the morning and like go substitute teach and um I remember in looking the down minds of America <laughs> yeah 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 that was like before yeah I remember looking down and like my nails were really long and my like toenails were long and I was like I haven't had time to clip my nails like, Which
1: is kind of silly when you think about it from a perspective of sobriety. There's so many things, right? Yeah.
0: That's that thing though, where you're so busy getting that next drink, getting to that next party, making sure you don't miss that, catching the goddamn bus so you don't have to drive, you know, all that time that that takes instead of, that you can't even like take care of yourself.
1: Yeah, it is true. Alcohol just totally takes over. And you just, yeah, there's so many things. When I look back to even, I've said this before, but when I look back to pictures of myself, like a year, a little bit more than a year ago, because I have various sober stints, helped me lean down, but my face is all red and puffy. And like, I just looked like, I mean, not that weight is the end all be all because there are beautiful people of all sizes and shapes, but I just looked unhealthy because you could just tell I was poisoning myself essentially every single day. That's what I looked like that. I had just been poisoning myself.
0: All right. I'm going to, I, I'm not trying to one-up you but in my, in my but, uh, hall, hall of shame, there was a time I was in Las Vegas. We were catching our flight later in the day, in the afternoon. My fucking face and neck was breaking out in hives. It was swelling in these weird sections. But we were at Margaritaville. <laughs> and we were about to take a plane. I wasn't driving. I kept drinking because... I'll st- I won't drink tomorrow and the hives will go away tomorrow and who fucking cares if I look like a like leper because <laughs> we're at Margaritaville I gotta finish this god I wish I had a picture it was like before iPhones
1: <laughs> back in the diapers era
0: <laughs> yes yes all right I feel I really oh here's another thing have you ever read *The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up* by Marie oh, Kondo? Oh,
1: but you're dropping all these cool books on me now. I got things to do for days.
0: Yeah, it's it's it really is the life-changing magic of tidying up by Marie Kondo, and the way she puts it, it's a whole new spin on like day cluttering, minimal. It's it's it it's a it's a mind shit a mind it's a mind shit. Yeah. (laughs) It's a (laughs) mindset shift. Mindset shift.
1: I thought Um, you said it was a mind shit.
0: (laughs) I did say that. (laughs) (laughs) It kind of is. That's like, that's like a brain fart, but way bigger. Okay. So one of the things that she says is, because people tend to hold on to things because they, you know, they, oh, if I don't have the thing, it'll help. She goes, you need to just get rid of the shit you don't use and get rid of the shit that does not bring you joy. And you need to, this is her quote, trust the universe will provide for you what you need when you need it.
1: Yeah. And maybe that is part of it too, is this trust that, like, I sometimes don't trust like the universe to provide you know like I I worry about all sorts of things that I shouldn't worry about that are just insignificant but yeah Mm -hmm. mm, that's interesting
0: and like here's a little example of it we went to this festival that's awesome and they have the t-shirts I'm wearing the t-shirt right now Oh very cute. Uh, They have t-shirts of it and then everybody like wears the t-shirts and it's this cool thing. They have one every year, you know, and it's cool. Well, we went we went to the opening ceremony of this festival. Mm -hmm. And there's a drum circle. It's like it's rad. And I look over, I went to go buy my kids some lemonade because we, you know, it was hot. And the line for the t-shirt booth, the t-shirt booth had just opened, you know, at the opening ceremony. And the line for the t-shirt booth was like so long. I mean, it was like, out, way out into the crowd, probably a hundred people, no kidding. <laughs> and I was like, you get that, there's that FOMO, there's that flutter in your heart that goes, right, But I need there's the a t- line, t- nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. <laughs> you go, what? I gotta get in that line. Those t-shirts must be awesome. And then I thought, dude, I got to get my kids some lemonade and I got to get back to the drum circle. And I'm going to trust that the universe will provide what I need when I need it. Okay. Oh yeah. Deep breaths, deep breaths. And, and I, I get a little angsty about stuff cause I don't wear color and I'm specific. I do love concert t-shirts. I love, that's my FOMO again. I'll look at this concert I was at, but I like the texture of them. And so long story boring, I'm picky about them. On the very last day of the festival, Sunday afternoon, of course, there was no line. We're chilling out. I pop in there. What is it? A gray t shirt with black writing. It's like the thin kind, you know, not like the thick, like beefy tees. Mm -hmm. It's size that I need. And there it was. It was one of the last ones. Yeah. The universe provides, you know, it's like you don't need to get in the damn line to make sure. I love that.
1: I and do so love that. I love that story. And I love that you do not need to get in the damn line because <laughs> this is just another quick thing as well. Yeah. I was in the Denver airport flying out for my hike and there yeah. was, it was like five in the morning or three in the morning. The only thing that was open was the like Einstein's bagels or something yeah. in McDonald's. And there was a similar like crazy yeah. line, like a hundred people deep. And I'm thinking like, wherever you're going is probably only two, three hours away. Do you really need that (laughs)
0: McMuffin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I
1: got to say... I was almost because I was really dying for caffeine, and so there was nothing else open. Like Starbucks wasn't even open yet, you know. Yeah. And that, all yeah. the fucking time. And there was this part of me that was like, "Oh, but I'll have to wait until 11 a.m. East Coast time to get my coffee." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I almost i I gotta confess, I got in the line for like one minute, and then I was like, "Fuck this Fuck line!" Fuck this third.
0: Yes. Because okay, I was so, kind of
1: like, I don't really need this coffee. I'm going to live. I got my water. It's okay. Dude,
0: they'll pour you a coffee on the airplane. Yeah. You get on a puddle jumper and she's like, want something to drink? It's all, you know, it's like, <laughs> they'll get you something to drink on any flight. Um, that, Elaine, I love that because there you go in your mind, you go, well, all these people are in line for it. Should I, do they know something? I don't know. I know. I should get on i i do need that they all need it maybe i'm and that maybe right I there need it. yes and you having that thought and then you getting in and getting out of the line mm-hmm. that's self-care that's yeah. boundaries that's the pros and cons that's thinking about your thinking because you're in that line and you're like this sucks <laughs> this I is be, a dumb shit line this is a dumb shit line you're like pros i might get some coffee cons i have to stand in this dumb shit line with all these fucking zombies looking at their stupid <laughs> phones and you're like i could be sitting at the seat at my gate like zenning out you know Something people else. watching Not reading in my this-
1: book I know it is, there is a very like, sort of like pressure thing. Like, um, should I be standing in this because other people are standing in it? I know. I do think that like sobriety does allow you and other things, other life changes too. It does shift you away, like into forces you to into such an aggressive shift in your life that you do start to like look at things out of a different eye sort of. And you're like, Ooh, I don't know. Well, you're in
0: (laughs) touch. You're more in touch with your actual authentic perspective where you're like, this isn't fun. There's Mm -hmm. nothing in this for me, but in, in, when you're drinking, you're, you're, to me, at least I was really like outwardly concerned. I was so outwardly like obsessed about making sure that everybody else, everybody else. And now I'm like, this doesn't work
1: for me. Well, and you could tell that 50% of the people didn't wanna be in the line either because they're kind of looking at their watch. They're kind of looking at their phone. They're kind of looking around like, is this worth it? But they're still trapped there because they got the shoes on and
0: they can't get out of that thinking, you know? Yes, yes, yes. And you you have a better handle on your boundaries. And you have that ability to stop and take stock and and do your pros and cons oh my god that coffee line that's like a life altering uh, (laughs) metaphor never again i don't even
1: like einstein's or fucking mcdonald's either way so it's kind of like nothing against either of them but and i
0: think when we're in airports at least i get a little bit like survival mode yeah, like maybe i like, need water <laughs> i should get a bottle of water or like at the magazine stand when i'm with my kids i'm like should i just grab a bottle of tylenol like what if she gets a fever
1: i know it like, is that what if there is that what if <laughs>
0: should i grab a headlamp
1: because <laughs> maybe you'll land in the woods and you gotta navigate out. <laughs> maybe you'll need that mcmuffin for survival
0: Yes, it might be the love, only thing I can eat. Yeah, what if I'm really hungry later? It's like, you're fucking American, you're not gonna be hungry, you don't even know what hungry I know. is. I know, because
1: you know that there's shit at the next place. That's what's really <laughs> funny about it, because there's shit everywhere. There's no need for any home. American to ever worry about food because food is everywhere. <laughs> No. Okay. Uh, and alcohol there's no re- reason to fear alcohol but yet we always were those of us who got into a real cycle of dependence like we all feared where our next drink was coming from absolutely
0: you know? we had to procure yeah procure. we sure. had to ahead of time make sure that it was all set up mm-hmm. for sure
1: so what do you think? There are some things that people can do to stoke their own Jomo, if you yeah, will.
0: Let's do that. All right, cool. So to me, like when you think about Jomo, you first think about staying home from the party. I feel like that's the like simplest, most concrete, like you stay home from the party and you know, you you miss out on the party. And that time with yourself to just like get in touch mm-hmm. with things that matter you you know get organized for the weekend clean out your yeah, fridge like, that yourself versus the
1: collective if you will yeah
0: yeah and like for me when I do those things I'm like oh I wasn't there I didn't see it you know but I cleaned out my fridge and I'm like going to be so much more successful this week mm-hmm. as a result at like my life and ultimately my goals which ultimately leads into my purpose
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in my life.
0: And so missing, you know, there was a girl, uh, somebody on the I Am Sober app, she talked about how she's not going to go to the comedy show this weekend that everybody's going to, but she's going to stay home and, and just be a couch potato, she said, and, and just chill the fuck out, mm-hmm. you know, let your brain have a break from all the stimulation. Yeah, it's
1: true. Breaks are important. We are like constantly, it's like a constant onslaught of stuff that we're dealing with going, 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 phones, 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 emails, phones, more phones, more stuff, more screens, more doing that's Mm -hmm. the American culture. And it's really hard to separate from that and actually like take time for yourself. And then you add in the drinkers into that. Like we've been neglecting ourselves for a long time.
0: Yep. Yep a thousand percent oh we don't even know who we are we don't even know what we fucking need um okay so showing up okay and then the other there's there's i think that jomo isn't just this thing about staying home it's like jomo happens in you know when you decide not to run across the room and get in in the group picture you Mm -hmm. know you you miss out and so you're not you're not going to go down on in history of instagram or whatever yeah so
1: what Oh no, go ahead.
0: No, no, I don't want to change the subject until I hear your side. (laughs) Oh no, I was just going to
1: say it's all the little things, you know, it's all the little things that alcohol or, you know, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I think there's ways to embrace Jomo, even if you weren't um, a problematic drinker, of course, but especially if you're a problematic drinker and you go from that, you go from this constant state of numbing Mm -hmm. to really, Like you were saying, um, or we were talking about just appreciating the small little things like paying your bills, being Mm -hmm. able to pay your bills, Mm -hmm. because now you don't have a three or $400 alcohol bill every month that's coming out of your checking account or what have you, Mm -hmm. or just enjoying like a nice cup of tea and actually listening like that's one of the things I feel like I really listen to people now. I listen to what they have to say. I I hear them. And before it's not that I wasn't listening to my kids because technically I had my ear holes open and they were right there and words were coming in and out. But now it's like, I can hear them. I can hear the thing. Yeah, I'm more present. And that's really to me, like what, whenever I think about Jomo and what it means to me is like being present in every single moment and enjoying them at their fullest.
0: Okay. So can I, I think this is a good time to read a text that I got. Yes. Okay. So I texted my, um, marriage therapist.
1: (laughs) I love that you have like a text at any time with your therapy person.
0: (laughs) It's because (laughs) I respect it. It's because I don't abuse it. Like the last time I texted him was like a month ago and it was like it was it was a a link to this movie called the mask you live in about our society's conception of masculinity
1: yeah so you're not like every day like
0: oh i'm totally freaking out i ran out of dish soap (laughs) (laughs) what do i do (laughs) yeah no no i try to really respect it so that i can have it so i he's um I hope one day to have him on here because he's so damn zen, he's so full of wisdom. Oh,
1: that would be awesome. You should he's ask so him, cool. let's ask him formally. Will you therapist? We,
0: we would like to, yes, interview. Enlighten In us. Yes, yes. Present. So I just sent him a short text. I was like, so um, just to introduce him, he's he's a program director for an addiction program. Um. That's his day job. But then he takes one day a week off and he has a private practice for marriage and family therapist. That's like his side hustle. I don't know. I don't know if you can call it a side hustle if you have to have a master's degree to do it, but whatever. (laughs) So I was like, uh, good morning. I'm sure you're busy, but is there any chance you could text over a snippet of wisdom on the subject of Jomo for the podcast today? Because I just love his perspective. You know, he's the one that sits with ugly feelings. He texts back, There is no such thing as missing out. If we are missing out, you're not present for your life. And if we are not present for a life, we are dead. The joy of missing out helps us remain present. The fear of missing out helps us stay dead. It's important that whatever we are doing, whatever is the most important thing at that moment, even if it's just going to the bathroom, (laughs) <laughs> and I love that because I love FOMO, it. <laughs> FOMO lives in the future mm. and it lives in the past. Mm-hmm. It's that thing of, well, we're going to go to the party and I'm going to wear this and I'm going to be in the pictures and I'm going to laugh at the jokes and I'm going to see the band. And then afterwards I'll be able to say, I went to the thing and I wore the thing and I saw the band and I have the t-shirt to prove it. And JOMO lives in the present.
1: I love that. That's great. I think, I think we should, I think we should close on that. That's such a great sentiment to end on. And wow, it really, I really hope he comes on here and talks some more wisdom with us.
0: Yeah. Um, There's a book before we close. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't even know what time it is. There's a children's book called The Three Questions based on the story of leo tolstoy it's written and illustrated by john m muth m-u sorry john j muth m-u-t-h and um it's about a boy on a journey and he's asking these questions and his questions are um who is the most important one what is the most important time and what is the most important thing and i'm gonna ruin the book it's a children's book it's beautiful it's watercolor and The answers, if you've ever read any Tolstoy, which I have not, I've read this children's book about it, is the most important time is now. And the most important one is the one you are with. And the most important thing is the thing you're doing right now.
1: Wow, that's perfect.
0: It takes a lot of discipline to be able to see and recognize and enjoy that as often as you can. It sure does, but it's a great place to be. Yeah. Love it here. Love it here. All right. Well, we're signing off. You have been hanging with the sober baddies. And now you
1: have four new books to go out and read. We expect you to read them and report back.
0: Report back, our three (laughs) listeners. This is Elaine Schuyler-Neal. And this is Sarah Malloy. Thank you for listening
1: to the sober baddies.